Welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast presented by ITL Coaching and Performance. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance coach and athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. On this podcast, we discuss issues of interest to the local, national, and international endurance communities. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the visits and the likes on the Facebook page. Thanks for the visits to the show notes on the blog. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, today is the first of a two-part series we're going to have about the Kyle Pease Foundation. Uh, I originally intended to have an interview today or to broadcast an interview today with Brent Pease, with Kyle Pease, and with Paul Link. And I'll talk a little bit more about why those three guys here in just a minute. Uh, but I interviewed Brent and Paul together, uh, and then I interviewed Kyle uh, a few days later, uh, and both of the interviews separately were such great interviews that I've decided to actually devote entire segments to each one of those interviews. So today is going to be the interview with Brent and with Paul. Um, on Wednesday, uh, the 16th of March, I'm going to, to broadcast the interview with Kyle. Um, Brent and Paul today, in today's interview, uh, have a lot of really interesting and fascinating and inspiring things to share. Uh, and then Kyle has a lot of really fascinating and interesting things to share as well. Um, Combining them together not only would make for too long of an episode, but I also worried that it would water down some of the really important things they had to say. So today's interview is going to be with Paul and with Brent, and then Wednesday's interview will be with Kyle. The reason why I want to go ahead and broadcast both of them now, though, is because the Kyle Pease Foundation, which many people in the Atlanta area are familiar with, has 28 athletes that are going to be taking part in the public's half marathon next weekend, uh, which is a mind-blowing number of physically challenged athletes that they are going to be helping to finish uh, both the half marathon and the marathon next weekend. Um, it's a major event for them. It's a big focus for them, and we want to to uh, recognize them and appreciate them prior to this major event that they're going to be undertaking uh, next Sunday on the 20th of March. So, uh, today, the interview with Brent and with Paul. Brent, uh, I'll introduce him a little bit more here at the start of the interview, but uh, he has done uh, several Ironmans, including a couple with his brother Kyle, um, and he's done several uh, uh, marathons, including a couple with his brother Kyle. Uh, Kyle. Paul uh, is a very accomplished endurance athlete himself, uh, has done races all over the world, but only last year started doing some races with uh, the Kyle Pease Foundation, uh, and that climaxed with him being part of a three-person Ironman relay uh, to help J-Dude or Justin finish an Ironman at Ironman Florida this past fall. Uh, so we're going to hear a little bit more about how uh, Paul's approach to it and what it meant to him was. So without further ado, let's listen to the interview from Brent and Paul. All right, so I have here today a couple of local celebrities. I have Brent Pease and Paul Link. Brent is from Atlanta. He went to Florida State. He has done six total Ironmans, and he's done two of them with his brother Kyle. Uh, Paul's from Michigan. He grew up up there. Uh, he's done 22 Ironmans. Uh, he's been to Kona twice. He's going back to Kona again this year. And more recently, he's going to tell us more about this, uh, he was part of an Ironman relay uh, that uh, worked with the Kyle Pease Foundation. So, um Thanks for being with us, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, Brent, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Kyle Pease Foundation, how it got started, um, and then, of course, walking with KPZ, how that fits into it and everything? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Kyle Pease Foundation, we started in 2011, and really, actually, after my first Ironman, uh, 2010, in Louisville, Kyle, my brother, saw that, and that really sparked in him kind of his lifelong dream of participating and truly participating in sports. So... 
the following year we did actually Charles Harris was our first race. And then we did um, St. Anthony's and immediately upon finishing St. Anthony's, Kyle said, you know, we got to have other people come in and do that with us. And so we were really fortunate that we had some good friends here that knew how to navigate the nonprofit space. And within four months, we had 501c3 status approved. We were incorporated, tax ID, we had everything, everything in place. And the following spring of 2012, we started supporting our first athlete. So um, the mission of the foundation is to enrich and improve the lives of disabled through sports. And walking with KPZ is a movement within the Kyle Pease Foundation. So it's our main program, which creates and sets up all of the athletic events, which we do, which now is everything truly from a 5K to an Ironman. So um, we've supported over 50 athletes since we started. And um, last year, of course, what we're going to get into. But last year, I think one of our big crowning achievements was getting another person across the finish line of an Ironman. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Paul, you were a big part of that, that getting another person across the Ironman. Yeah, I was the bike part. Um, it was just, it was amazing. But we had John Rutledge did the swim, and Tim Myers did the run, and I did the bike. And it was everything, everything you can imagine. For him, Justin, of course, but for us, even probably more so, getting that done, it was amazing. Very cool, very cool. And so, Brent, you say that the overarching goal of the foundation is to... to get people more involved with sport. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, like, well, we're going to talk to Kyle more about this too, but, but what is it you think that Kyle got out of that? Or what did he say that he got out of that? Did you want to share with us? Well, people? one story, you know, that we tell a lot because it's such a great story is, you know, my mom and my dad both did a wonderful job of, you know, never excluding Kyle. So there was never this, you know, well, we're going to go to stone mountain today, but Kyle can't go because it's not for people in wheelchairs. Um, and so my mom and a couple of her friends actually helped set up, one of the first challenger baseball leagues in Buckhead um, over at Frankie Allen Park. And one of the very first games that they ever played, you know, the league was set up, you know, everybody runs the bases, everybody scores. And it's just really an opportunity for all the disabled kids that were playing to just experience sport. Well, Kyle doesn't miss a Braves game and he'd been watching them for years at that point. And the very first, he was the leadoff hitter. He hit a weak grounder in my mind at a shortstop, <laughs> and uh, he got thrown out. And so Kyle turned from the first base, uh, first base, and started wheeling into the dugout. And the umpire yelled, "He said, come on back! You get to run the bases.'" And Kyle shook his head and said, "No, that's not how you play baseball." And our joke is to this day, he's the only kid to ever get thrown out in challenger baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but for him, that's what was so eye-opening about that first Ironman experience. You know, because even growing up with me swimming, he didn't fully experience it in that sense. Mm -hmm. And when he watched 2,700 other people, more so than me, Mm -hmm. watching all those other people compete, seeing somebody like you or Paul cross the finish line and seeing some of the wheelchair athletes that were there that day, he, he had his little aha, his epiphany was, this is for me. This is who I am. This is the life that I've already lived. Mm -hmm. Kyle had already graduated college at that point. He was already working jobs. Mm -hmm. And so for him, he could now go compete in something where they didn't just say, you get to run the bases because you're in a wheelchair. It was, you get to try this. And if you don't get in at this time, or if you don't finish by midnight, you're not going to get a medal. Mm -hmm. That's our rules. Mm -hmm. And I still, to this day, I mean, we, and we can get into it in a little bit, but I, if we had missed the bike cutoff at Wisconsin or in Ironman, Florida, I can guarantee you Kyle would not have let me back on that course. 
if the officials had said, you know what, we're going to make an exception. You're a wonderful kid. Go have fun. Go run the marathon course anyways. Mm-hmm. Kyle would have said, yeah. go home, come back next year and try again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was, again, for him, Louisville, and that year in Louisville was the hottest year that they've ever had. It was 2010. Yeah, that my, my wife did Louisville that year. Yeah, was, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. It was crazy, right? It was oh, 90, yeah, that was when it's, yeah, 96 degrees. degrees on the marathon course. And it's humid. Exactly. And it's humid. Yeah, 100% humidity or whatever, 90% yeah. humidity. There's a picture of me with like eight sponges and dumping more, you know, water on my head. And uh, there's Kyle wheeling along next to me, his shirt soaked in sweat. <laughs> but that was it. And that was, you know, and it's funny because you look around and there's all these examples in the sport, these unbelievable stories. And I just never thought of it. And Kyle, you know, he hit, he hit hard after the, after the race, you know, and it's funny. He said it in such a, in a way that it was like us having a conversation is, little kids again he said can people in wheelchairs do iron man mm-hmm. it's like yeah of course they can who would ever tell you no mm-hmm. um but it's again it's great because it's not just running the bases for him i mean you, you know paul can tell you how how spent justin was and i can tell you how spent kyle is even after a race like charles harris i mean he was he was done he wanted to go home he wanted to rest like the rest of us after exhausting his body for 30 minutes or 15 hours or however long it was going to be mm-hmm. i think um that's one thing I learned. One of the things I learned working with Kyle Peace is that these these some of them are kids, some of them are not. Um, they don't. They you look at when you first before you know them, you think, well, I need to help them. They need help on this. They don't really need as much help as you think. And to to a point, like what he was saying about Kyle, Justin, if if you want to help him with something he doesn't need help he's like he says no don't help me just don't do it mm-hmm. it gets annoying to to him and i think some of the mm-hmm. others when they don't need help and people insist on helping them because you know there's a disability there there's no doubt about that but there's all the faculties and everything else is there it's harder right. to communicate and harder to move but everything else is there so it's not like you're dealing with something you know so delicate and uh, Justin is, is like that too. Mm-hmm. He wants to he wants to go out there and win. Mm-hmm. And you know he was on a special diet and all this other kind uh-huh. of stuff, getting ready for Florida, which was great. Yeah, but you know just to, to well, it, it seems like I mean that's kind of that that um, that attitude that you just described, Paul. That idea of of um, of don't treat us delicately. We can do it too. Like it seems like that's sort of an important informing idea of the of the whole Kyle Pease Foundation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we want people to look at Kyle, or we want them to look at the Kyle Pease Foundation and see the abilities that people have. And you know, we talk about it in some of our talks of you know, go shake Justin's hand, go give Justin a hug. Um, don't ask Paul how Justin's feeling. Ask Justin how Justin is feeling, or don't ask right. Brent how Kyle's feeling. You know. Um, and it's an easy way because sports, at least from my view, has always it's always a binder. You know, you remember where you were when the Braves clinched. For those of us that grew up here in '91, we remember it well. I was yeah. I was in Ted Turner's box, <laughs> about fifty feet from home plate. That's just, awesome. You know, when just Sid, just Sid, for record, Sid, 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 Sid Bring was, yeah. Sid, Sid was running directly towards me. And, and and I called him safe immediately prior to the umpire. Well, that's what I looked like the first race I ever did, Kyle, coming around third. But we were, I mean, we were when they clinched in '91. Kyle and I were, I mean, Kyle and I were twenty rows back from home plate. Right on. Um, but so I, I probably sports, could have seen you. I probably high five. You could have high fived us. Yeah. But sport. So that's it for the foundation. Is that 
it's it's this environment where people are there's this bond especially at the Ironman distance you know from what we all go through from a training perspective to a racing perspective mm-hmm. and you have this immense respect for when you look at Kyle or you look at Justin because of what they've done mm-hmm. not because of you know I mean for as many people that may have patted Paul on the back or that have tried to pat me on the back usually they turn to Justin and go Justin you're incredible or Kyle and it's it's part of the makeup of the foundation of look at Kyle not just as somebody who got pushed around the bases but as somebody who ran the bases himself right on and somebody who's willing to go back to the dugout when he got thrown out <laughs> exactly yeah. and if he could have he might have argued and Someone who had so much wind burn and sunburn and baked to a yeah. crisp after Ironman Florida the previous year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Kyle was he, roasted from he that. Was roasted from that day. Oh, yeah. um, very good. Well, let's. I mean, since we're kind of talking about the the, the physical toll, um, tell us a little bit. And this is for Brent and Paul uh, both. Um, tell us a little bit about about the training that you have to do in order to get ready. To do to to do those events, and then what sort of training do do, do Justin J Dude? Yes, know, yeah. Uh, Justin who, who prefers J Dude. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah okay. So, so Justin who prefers to be called J Dude. Justin and Kyle. What kind of what kind of training do they have to do as well? Um, I mean, the training you know for for most of it really doesn't look that much different than anybody else that's training for an Ironman. I think where it gets really intense is you know sixteen maybe twenty weeks out where you're doing a lot of over distance. So 120 miles was one of the shorter rides that I did training for Wisconsin. Hmm. You know, 120, 130 mile rides. In the gaps. In the gaps. A lot of strength, you know, a lot of strength work at. Um, on the you know, on the swim side, it's interesting. I've done very little extra work. You know, I tried a painter's, five-gallon painter's bucket when I first started all this. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. less productive to be trying to turn around in a pool with a bucket tied to your waist. And it was better... To do a four thousand or five thousand yard workout, mm-hmm. um, a lot of extra work in the weight room. That's where I would say the one place that's that was a big difference for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the run, maybe a few, you know, maybe a few extra hills, which aren't fi- hard to find around here. Right. Um, you know, that was it for me. For for Kyle and for Justin, um, usually like eight to ten weeks out is really starting to put their body through the paces. So Saturday might be say a hundred and twenty mile ride for me and a brick run and then Sunday go back out with Kyle mm-hmm. and do six hours on the bike or four hours on the bike. And one of the big workouts that we've kind of developed with the coaches that we all have here and then with through the foundation is what effectively adds up to almost a 10-hour day. So it's a three-hour ride and a one-hour brick, a two-hour ride and a 45-minute brick, and a one-hour ride and a 30-minute brick. So you just constantly what it really does is it forces J dude's body or Kyle's body into a lot of stress of on off on off. And you're going through what's really difficult. And you're talking about kids, adults that sit in a chair for 16 hours, 18 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So when they're throwing their body into that kind of stress, it really, from what we've seen, it gets them ready for a really long day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, um, mine was a little different because I was only doing the bike part with J dude and Tim was doing the run and so so we were together, Tim and I and Justin were together doing the bike run, bike run, bike run. And then some days I just did the bike with him and some days Tim just did the run with him, you know, based on the schedules and all that. Personally, I spent, we did, um, we did John Tanner sprint mm-hmm. was, what was that, like 12 weeks yeah. before, about 12 weeks before. And that was the first time I had ridden that bike with Justin. 
And had, had you written it without Justin before? No. I wrote it the morning. The bike was there, and I rode it around the parking lot. Mm-hmm. You know how that parking lot is at uh-huh. John Tanner's. And I was scared to death that I was going <laughs> to wipe out. And that course is no joke when right, on yeah, that it's bike. A I mean, it's, a, it's a short, but it's tough. And, um, you know, I was thinking it's really not a big deal. I didn't prepare for it the way I normally would prepare for a race. I figured it's a sprint, 12 miles. You know, how bad can that be? And I got on that bike with him, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm not gonna be able to <laughs> well, how much do you weigh? I weigh 145. Okay, so Justin's about the same. Justin's about the same, 145. So 290 and plus, so you guys are pushing about 340, about three, yeah, 350. 340, 350. That's normally, I'm bike. pushing 140 out of, you know, 15 pounds. <laughs> and... But it's not just that. It's 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 really hard to control that bike. I mean, it's a big right. monster thing. It doesn't. I mean, the, the, it takes up the whole bag, a six and a half foot bed in the truck. Well, and uh, it takes the whole thing. We're, we'll, we'll put a picture of y'all on the bike mm-hmm. in, the, in the show notes so that folks it's, can see exactly what we're talking about. And here. it's it's all steel, and there's stickers all over it that say "careful tipping." <laughs> <laughs> so in that do, course, do not ride. <laughs> yeah, and so that course is. It's it's pretty hilly, yeah, but it's, it's also course. got some tight turns that on a normal bike you don't you know that one by the where the fire truck is it's more than ninety degrees, yeah. and that was like the first turn, <laughs> and we got up the hill and I went on and I was like how do I turn how do I? and I almost <laughs> went in the ditch, and one of the groups in front of us I can't remember which one it was was actually in the ditch mm-hmm. and I was like oh man his mom is going to be so mad if I <laughs> kill this kid but anyway so it was really great that we did it though because um, after that I was just counting the tenths of a mile they said it was they said it was 12.8 and it was actually 13.8 and I'm just going not only that it's the very first climb yeah. you know it's got mountain bike gears but it's a road bike uh-huh. and so the 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 shifting is opposite. So I was going the wrong way a whole bunch where I was shifting it harder when I needed to go easier. Right. I dropped the chain like three times. But three times. <laughs> but but anyway, it it took me like an hour and ten to do that. And I did the math and I said, if I don't get my act together, I am not gonna make the cutoff in right. Florida. This is not good. This went from a fun thing to do acting like I was doing something nice to, oh my God, if I don't make the cutoff, you know, this our team isn't going to be able to go right. finish, get him across the finish line. And that's not acceptable. So I didn't miss one day of biking from that. I rode with Brent some in the gaps on those big epic rides. And But we did, um, we spent a lot of time where um, I, I would ride. We did Cartersville a couple of times. And that was that's pretty tough because you get kind of far away. It's better if you have his mom kind of close to him so she doesn't have a... I have a heart attack. <laughs> but um, so we ended up doing a lot of it at Collins Drive. So we would go bike, run, bike, run, bike, run. It, basically the whole day. This is a, Even if you're only doing like six hours of workout, it's an entire day. Yeah, that's something that I think, as I was sitting here listening to you yeah. talking, I'm like, well, when you start adding up the hours, you know, it is in a, in a big build, you're doing 20 plus hours of work if you're training for all three. Mm-hmm. But more so, just the coordination, you know, getting somebody that you know, is going to be lifted from a wheelchair. If Justin has to go to the bathroom, it's a 20 minute process. It's not a, like we all do on the side of the road, yeah. you know, and or whatever short break we take. But I mean, that's a bigger piece. So even a six hour workout, you're at columns drive from 7am till five or 6pm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're rushing home to grab dinner and 
go to bed. And Justin lives in Conyers, so half the places yeah. we're training, yeah. it's he might as well drive to the gaps at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, he literally, he literally the, after the, the first couple of times he would fall asleep right at the end, mm-hmm. just in the when when we got him back in the car after the. He's so wiped out. Yeah, so wiped. but. So my the, my training was very typical, except I biked a lot more, and I did I hit the weights really really mm-hmm. hard, and I don't normally do tons of weight training, and I did almost most of my riding if I wasn't with him was on the hills, but for me for the first time or anyone who does it for the first time, you have to spend a lot of time on that bike with him because, and I was telling Brent this for the first you know maybe ten hours of ride five ten hours of riding with him on that bike really riding. The bike rides you, you don't ride it. I mean, it really does. You, you, you just don't know how to deal with it. It right. doesn't ride the way a bike rides. You don't lean. Mm-hmm. It doesn't lean. You, t- you got to figure out how how to turn it. You got to figure out when to apply the pressure. And, and it's like constant climbing. So eventually I got to the point where I was riding the bike instead of it riding me. And it got a lot better. It was still really hard. It's like, to me, it felt like if you were going up Woody's or Neil's, but you just never got to turn around and go the other way. Right. You're, it's a it's a constant power right. mm-hmm. output, you, even on the flats. The only relief you get is when you turn to go around at Collins Drive. And I'm I'm pushing. You know, my FTP is like not you know it's like two seventy five, and and I was consistently for three hours pushing two forty. Mm-hmm. It was just it. You look at the power files and it's funny to watch them because right. they don't do this. They go, you know, it's just constant. Constant. So, you know, big gear workout. I did lots of big gear, and that was obviously all mm-hmm. big gear. Lots more weight training, and just lots and lots and lots of riding, because I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to make it. If we had weather, like Brent did the previous year at Florida with all the wind, mm-hmm. it would have been really freaking close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were, they extended the cutoff that year. Um, and of course, Kyle. The, the, the year that you and Kyle did it? The year Kyle and I did it, they extended the cutoff by half an hour. We found out at like mile 104. And of course, Kyle wanted to get in under the regular cutoff, right. <laughs> which I think, if I if I remember correctly, it was like three minutes mm-hmm. under the regular cutoff. Yeah. So we at least had the small victory there after. Right. Not, I mean, but it took Kyle longer to do Florida than it did to do Wisconsin. Yeah, the wind because the wind was just brutal. I mean, and there's it, the bike company that builds these things; they're phenomenal. Um, they they really they have built this bike for us mm-hmm. um, for the Kyle Peace Foundation, and um, in fact, I just was helping another foundation get measurements so they could try one um, in Green Bay. But they've, they're slowly progressing what is becoming a bike that's capable of an Ironman. And if you go back and you look at pictures of the Hoyts, you know, they're on this two-wheel bike. I don't know how um, both Justin and Kyle – Justin has uh, seizures. Kyle has cerebral palsy with spastic quadriplegia, so his body's constantly in motion. I don't know how with either of them. A two-wheel bike works, mm-hmm. and it, more power to Dick Hoyt for what he did. But um, that bike, that three-wheel bike, is really probably the best setup. And when you look at the pictures of Paul and Justin, Justin's out on the road. Kyle's looking out on the road. I mean, they're, yeah. they are the they're the focus. Yeah, they're the focus, and um, that's once you know that's one of the cool things that those guys at um, Freedom Concepts have built. Yeah, we broke three spokes. Yeah, right. We didn't, you know, you didn't because and, and you were able to keep on riding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't know. My brother said he didn't want to. He was kind of riding along, mm-hmm. and he said he didn't want to tell us because he said as long as the wheel was moving correctly, yeah. he said if he said something to us, we'd get too nervous. Right. And he was he was right. Yeah. But but the entire time you're riding that thing with him, he's 
he's talking to you. He's he's saying every hi to every single person on the course. He makes even the guys that are you know sometimes getting a little too much testosterone and getting mm-hmm. a little antsy on the course and all that. The middle aged man in lycra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He says something and everybody perks up and everyone's happy. I mean, it's I contagious. Know. He's just. There wasn't a person that went by us coming any. Of course, we got called Brett and Kyle all the time too. <laughs> but that, and then by the That's end, it was famous. a big joke. By the end, it was a joke. He would say, "I'm not Kyle. He's not <laughs> Brett." <laughs> so, but it was, yeah, it was it was interesting like that. But those those bikes are they're beasts. But they're you know it's about all you can do because, like he said, with them being up with Justin being up front sitting in that chair, it, it's mm-hmm. pretty stressful for him. But he's the show and. Mm-hmm. He's doing it, and he knows he's doing it, and and it's just you know if they were behind or something like that, I don't know how we'd do it with a two wheeler, but yeah. it just wouldn't be the same. So yeah, there's a lot of things in what we just talked about that I want to follow up on. I guess the first one would be kind of the very last thing you just said. So so Justin J Dude the entire time is, is saying hello to people, and he's encouraging you. Same thing with Kyle. Mm-hmm. I remember because I, I did Wisconsin the same year that y'all did, and I remember you were you were talking about. Um, after y'all just barely made the bike cutoff, then you, you threw down like a like a four twenty marathon or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, which is a hard course uh, to do that on, and it's a hard bike course to even make the, the 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 cutoff anyway. But anyway, but I remember you're saying that he was talking to you mm-hmm. throughout the whole lap, and, and 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 you have a quotation that I know is one of your wife's favorites, but but it's one that's very inspiring to a lot of people uh, along the lines of um, Kyle borrows my legs and I borrow his spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk a little. Can y'all both talk a little bit about that and like like the role that they play in uplifting you throughout the course of the event? Like like because because they're a big part of getting it done too. I mean it's a it's it's the best it's the best part of it because it's a when you think about anything that's helped you get through a race or you know some of the low points that happen to us all inevitably, whether they're prolonged or short, you've got this person right there. You have this shining example of somebody who is so determined to do something unbelievable. I mean, if you met Justin before he had signed up for a single race, J-Dude, you still would have found this incredible spirit in this guy that is just so full of life. And nobody would have blamed Justin and nobody would have blamed Kyle if they had just said, well, this is it. This is my lot and this is where I'll stay. But they've both done unbelievable things with their lives and we you know Kyle's graduated from college and he's working jobs and he's doing all this stuff and you're right behind him and it really is you get that feeling you know at the end of a at the end of a cheesy movie or you know the the hair on the back of your neck starts to literally stand up because this voice is just kind of slowly slowly coaching you up coaching you up the hill i mean the story con i tell is actually from florida and I mentally was done at 61. I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to push. Like Paul said, on a course like Florida, it's constant pressure on the pedals. So we're mm-hmm. 61 miles and almost five hours into a bike ride. And I'm doing the math and I'm like, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. And this little voice says, can you get me to 62? Yeah, I, okay, fine. And you know, 62, can you get to 63? And the poor kid for 50, you know, 50 miles literally counted every single mile for me, you know, and at Wisconsin, you know, going up those hills, he's just, it was like a drum, it was like a drumbeat in my head. Just, you know, I think I can, I think I can. And Kyle does it. And I know Justin does it. Um, We've got video. We've got, we've got Justin on video, but 
It really is. And that's the quote is, is perfect of what it is. It's, I'm not going to just run the bases. I'm going to finish this race. And it's, it is, it's this indomitable spirit that they all, that all of the athletes that we've supported carry and make what we do so special. It, it changes the mentality, no doubt. I mean, you, you've, we've all done big endurance things. And, you know, how many times do you want to quit? I mean, you know, you could think of a thousand reasons. You, you always think of it. And in, in Florida, I never, I never even considered it because um, it just didn't want to enter my mind at all. He was constantly talking to me. And his, by, you know, we had done enough training together. He knew my moods better than I did, it seemed mm-hmm. like. He knew when to say, just dig deep. You know, we don't have that. We're almost to the top. We're almost to the top. We're almost to the top. Just a little bit more. A couple more pedal strokes. He would, and, and I could actually understand him a lot better after spending so much time. Yeah, just, J, Justin, J-Dude has a little bit of a speech impediment yeah. through his cerebral palsy. But, but he knew when to make a joke and he knew when to, you know, tell me to get something to drink. And he knew when I needed to be brought up. And he was doing it. He was doing it the whole time because he was... When we, we had to stop um, to give him medicine and food at the um, at the uh, the half bike course mm-hmm. um, special needs, and you know he was spent. He was, I was spent. He was spent. The, the, the weather was nice, but it was getting warm at that point, so I knew it was going to be a, a lot tougher. And he just looked at me and said, "Let's get going," <laughs> you know. And once we got to the bridge, that last hill over the we had practiced it, so we. We knew we could get up it, <laughs> and it's when we got to the top of that, he said, "You've done good. We're just gonna finish now." And it was just, it was just great. He did, the whole time though, he's giving you feedback. Mm-hmm. So your mind isn't occupied on what's going on with your legs. Your mind is just, you know, it was actually fun in a weird kind of way because mm-hmm. it was hard, but it was, it was neat being on the bike in an Ironman. We get to talk to somebody the whole time. Yeah. You know, that was kind of Yeah, fun. it's a nine-hour jog. I mean, I ride with a friend. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I, I always joke that it's kind of like E.T. That I mean, it's when I hear... I've heard Paul tell the story before that he just shared. But, you know, you start to feed off each other mm-hmm. in, in, in good and bad ways, you know. And Justin not even, even having to turn around and look at Paul and just kind of know, like, hey, you know, I think he needs, like... Let me just say something funny right now. You know, I want to drop a kind of a witty comment and get a good laugh out of him. Or, you know what? We're almost at the top of this hill. Let me just put my hand on his back and give him that extra push he's looking for. And you feel it. You really do. And that comes from the training, too. Yeah. It seems like that's an important aspect that they probably learn about you through the training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he... So it's more than just physical. You have to kind of form that bond. Yeah, he knew when to say, you done good, and when to, you know, say, pick it up. And the funny thing is, by, by halfway through the course, too, I didn't even have to... Um, tell him to put his head back. He knew when he could. He would hear a little bit of shuffling, mm-hmm. and he knew it was. You know, I was going to take a drink, time. and then he was yeah. going to take a drink, right. and then he'd put his hand out, and I'd, I'd eat half the bar and give half to him, mm-hmm. and it was it was just, you know. It, you know the training to me is more fun in this, yeah. in, in a lot of ways, especially so for the running races. It, it is. I mean, you got to load a truck, you've got to load a wheelchair, and you got to get everybody out there with the triathlons. There's a lot more, so it's not maybe just one or two training runs, which is what we might typically do for a running race, sometimes zero. Uh, for a triathlon, we've got to get the time on that bike. We've got to go. I mean, we flipped Justin in the water. Right. And we actually... I, and Bo, and Bo, John Tanner, right? Yeah, well, actually, yeah, we, we had planned to flip him, and then Justin flipped himself, <laughs> trying to be funny and punch me, yeah. um, because I was talking trash, telling Justin that we were going to beat him, and... 
there was a little bit of a rivalry with Justin Kyle <laughs> and who was going to win more races. But I mean, we told Justin's mom, like, we're going to flip your son. We got to know what happens to him in the water. We'll all be there. You know, we'll have somebody that's a life safety professional. This is at John Tanner? Well, yeah. no, we were going to oh. do that on a practice. And oh, then right. it happened at John Tanner. Oh, okay. And his mom, you know, she does get worried like any mother. And to her credit, she goes, he popped up and he was laughing. So I figured he was fine. It was time to go race, right. you know. But when we first started this in 2011, we took Kyle out to Ackworth and flipped a boat. Mm-hmm. We had to see what was going to happen, yeah, right. you know, and it paid dividends. I mean, at Florida, the waves... The minute the wheel, the PC athletes went off, there was five total PC athletes in that race, which is nerve wracking to think about. And I mean, the gun had no sooner the gun gone off that the waves, I yeah, mean, they went the up brakes three, were the brakes up. were three or four feet higher and right. Justin's boat tipped right. and started filling with water. And we all knew what to do, including Justin. Justin was the calmest guy in the whole yeah, thing. Right. You know, he was laughing when we got out there, but that's an important piece and kind of going back to what Paul was just talking about is that this bond develops same as you would with any training partner. I mean, mm-hmm. Justin was, he, he was a friend, but he was Paul's training partner, right. I would say. And he was Tim's training partner and John. And they all had this, you could see it happening when we had the, the interview. You know, we got the local news station picked it up in Panama City. And you're watching this team of four guys poke and prod at each other, a bunch of guys making fun of Justin, you know, telling him he was not as fit as he should be for the race and they're all jabbing at each other it was awesome it's exactly I don't think we wrote it down and said this is what we're looking for with the foundation I think what we thought was we're just going to change lives and we're going to make things better Mm -hmm. but what we didn't realize is that we were giving them this total full experience the one the same one that Paul got is the same thing that I get and it's the same thing Kyle gets and they just want to be one of the boys. They just want to hang out. Yeah, and, and I think that's cool. And it's something I hadn't thought about before and right now is that that idea that I know all three of us, because Paul, you're a member of Atlanta Tri Club. I am too. Um, uh, uh, Brent, you, you, you are a member of Dynamo. And so all three of us kind of appreciate the team aspect of, of endurance sports, even though they're kind of solitary. You know, being with groups of people and, and the bonds that you form, that sort of thing. And so it's kind of cool to think about, okay, Kyle and Justin are also getting that aspect of it too mm-hmm. right Justin's yeah. a member of the Atlanta Tri Club yeah right on yeah um, so given all that Paul you've done so like we said you've done 22 Ironmans you've been to Kona twice you're going back again this year but you've done some cool Ironmans too you've done like New Zealand and mm-hmm. and and you've done all sorts of other races too right. so you, you mentioned that you're doing a, a gravel race tomorrow you did one last week uh, you've done cyclocross races uh, countless marathons right yeah so, in kind of in in your experience, how would this kind of compare? Um, I'm not trying to get you to say, "Oh, this is the best thing I've ever done" or anything like that. But 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 how does this compare, and what did it mean relative to some of these other great things that you also done? Well, um, you remember how it felt the first time you completed a race? Like I remember the very first time I completed a marathon. I remember the very first time I completed an Ironman. I mean, you cry. I remember the very first time I qualified for Boston, the very first time I qualified for Kona. There's a different feeling about those things than, you know, completing an Ironman is you feel really good after it, right? But there's nothing like that first time. There's something, your body just sort of takes over and it overwhelms you. And it feels like that every time. I didn't feel like that on training. I felt like that 
We did we did a two weekends where we did Saturday and Sunday, and you were up doing New York. Mm-hmm. That's a whole that's a good story too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I made a mental note to talk about that in a second. Keep going. But just finishing the bike course with Justin in Florida, I felt like that. I felt like I had completed my first epic event, and you know I was spent. But you you are, and, but that's how I felt. I felt like it was the first time, but it was the third time. Yeah, and and it. it these training days we did Saturday and Sunday and at the end of the training day I, I, I honestly I felt like that but I think part of it is that um, and, and a lot of the people in Kyle P, the, everyone I've run into in Kyle P's has this there's some happiness is kind of contagious right and Justin's always is happy and Kyle is too and they're, they're different but it's like you just can't help but be happy all the time, and then when you do something sort of epic, you you it just plays into it. I mean, right. I'm not describing it very well, but it's it's one of the best things I've ever I've ever done. It's an, it's an experience you can't replicate any other way. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Because at first, I must say, the first time I agreed to do it, I don't want to say agreed. I really wanted to because we did this race with the. Um, the first one I did with Justin was the Publix Half job. Right, which is coming up next week. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to do the full with uh, Jessica Minton. Okay. Cool. And, th- and that's going to be very interesting because it's a just, full. Just this in, in a week. Yeah, next week or two weeks. Um, it, it's a little different. She's a, uh, it's cool. a hand cycle. And so she does a lot of it herself and I'm way behind. And then when <laughs> we, she gets to the hill, she waits and then I push her up and mm-hmm. then, you know, it's I did some training with her already too, but um, the I, I assume when we finish it'll it'll be the same thing. Every you know I'm getting off off track, so no, keep going. <laughs> but um, we finished the um, I got into the the half because uh, John uh, Atlanta Tri Club contacted um, Brett and they met and they you know and all that and and when. When I got into it, I thought, oh, this is great. You know, I can do this half marathon. I don't have to worry about my time. It can't be that. I'm doing it with John. You know, we're about the same <laughs> speed, John and I, so it's a good team. And I thought, how oh, hard can it be? And, oh, my God, it was so hard, you know. I, you, it wasn't – you don't back off. You think you're getting in there and you're not racing for yourself so that you don't have to worry as much about how hard you go and suffering. But you do. You get in there and it takes over. Jaded wanted to win. He's like, and we thought we had a pretty good shot between John and I and him, and we were looking pretty good there. And, I, and we did end up winning. And when we finished, I felt like I felt like I just completed my first Ironman. It was like, and then, so the adrenaline's really pumping, and Jaded is. And those I'll give pictures you a photo. Of, I'll give you yeah. a photo of him breaking the tape. To yeah, he gonna share on the show notes. He uh, he asked us right after that if we. He asked me, I know, and I think he asked John too, will you do an Ironman with me? And of course I immediately said yes, mm-hmm. you know, with all the adrenaline. And then I thought, oh, oh, so, so, so J-Dude is the one that you pushed last year in the yeah. Hamlet and then yeah. at the Publix. Oh, okay. Yeah. He just looked yeah. a lot different bundled up in rain jackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was probably almost I just, I just never put Yeah, he lost some weight for Florida yeah. too. Well, so Justin came to the 2004. He wanted to do it, his mom, and I said, you know, why don't you come to a race because Kyle had this experience in 2010. Why don't you come watch Ironman Florida? And it's 40 degrees and all the wind. And I assumed Justin would look at us after the race and go, maybe we'll try. So he had done a couple sprints. Maybe we'll just do another sprint. Is, mm-hmm. Again, what I thought Justin was going to say. Yeah. And I said, do you want to do this? And 
Kyle's face is wind burned and just yeah. he's exhausted. And Justin goes, "Oh yeah, I'm coming back and I'm doing an Iron Man." See, and that's cool to me too because because there's something that's a little bit off in all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. something a little bit crazy about people who do ultra endurance yeah, events. Right. You know that that we actually go to Louisville or that we go to Florida and we see people doing that and you're like. I want some of that. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's a little bit odd. Yeah. I mean, when, when I saw my wife do Louisville in 2010, the same year that you did, Brent, like, I was telling somebody about this this morning, that that people would be literally falling over because it was so hot, and the ambulance would come over and tend to them, and then they'd spend some time with and the person would get up and keep on going. Yeah. And I had never seen that before. I was a runner, and I was accustomed to, like, when you collapse, your race is done. You know, yeah. and they might put you on a stretcher and carry you away. And people were, like, still going. And yet I looked at it and I was like, that's kind of cool. I should learn how to swim, (laughs) you know? And and, and so it's cool to me. And I think it's actually really telling. And I think it's part of what informs the the, the organization that that Kyle and J-Dude kind of have that same strain of crazy, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That they they see this and like, yep, I want to do that. And they even see it when it's like at its worst and like, yep, I want some of that. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. And he goes all in, you know, all the stuff that you need to do to go through 15 hours yeah. That we are used to. He yeah, I mean, Kyle, you can ask Kyle about this when you guys sit down, but Kyle drove to Conyers. I shouldn't say drove. Kyle took Mart all the way out to Conyers mm-hmm. um, or to Stonecrest Mall and got a ride from there. But he would go and sit with Justin and they'd spend an hour together. And Kyle would say, You got to have these shorts. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, the sponsors that we have is, you know, so that I can go to Justin and say, Yeah, we're going to get you some shoes and we're going to get you some athletic gear that you can be a part of this too. I mean, you look at pictures of of Paul and J-Dude in the race and they've got on the same helmets and they've got on the right kits mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter but it matters and they look awesome and it's yeah. part of that whole thing Absolutely. for them. It's the, it's the getting thrown out at first and having to go to the dugout too. Yeah. It's, you know, George looks cool and his kid at Kona and I want to look like George. I mean, they all, they get into that and they, yeah. it's part of the whole experience, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, I think J Dude wants to do another one. Yeah, he definitely one. does. We gotta have a whole. We gotta whole other, yeah. another discussion about that. That yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin was a. That was a tough one to pick. There, that's right? tough to well, that was a. It's that. I mean, that's a whole other story in itself. But that one was essentially selected for us. So okay. So so speaking of whole other stories, tell us about you know New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. We're, we're recording this a little bit early, so New York City Marathon is going to be uh, letting us know the results of their lottery on Tuesday. Uh, and I'm actually in the lottery, so hopefully I'll be doing it next year or this year, I guess. But um, but tell us about your New York City Marathon this past year, because a lot of people, including me, were very inspired by that. Well, um, I want to tell the story in the in the full context of what was happening yeah, at the definitely. time. So we've got Justin doing an Ironman the week after New York. The week before New York is Marine Corps Marathon, which is the biggest race um, that we do um, for a lot of reasons. One, it's a travel race for our foundation. Two, it's a marathon. Um, we don't do at Publix when you see our teams there's going to be three volunteers for every athlete running um, at Marine Corps it's one on one we don't have enough bibs we got to raise money blah 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 so we have the, these two big okay, events can, let me ask you a quick question yeah. so so you say it's a travel race. Do, do most of the people from for the for the Kyle Peace Foundation they come from the Atlanta area? Um, and they, most they of our races are based in Atlanta, the, and I would say about eighty five percent of the people that we support today are, are here in Metro Atlanta or the surrounding areas. And so 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 traveling to the race, I think that's a, and I think that's cool. Yeah, because that's something that the the. I do and y'all do as well. Yeah, is you it, pick it, a race. I want yeah. to go to. I want to go to New Zealand or I want to go to this place, and we're going to pack right. the car and we get a hotel room and 
Yeah. You know, Justin's got his um, Hilton points and he's trying to rack up. Or I mean, they, Kyle looks at it. He's like got his Delta app. He's like, That's hey, cool. I got 3,000 points for that last trip. We <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is fun because of that. So we're all, it's this team, right? The, the Walking with KPZ team is all packed into the right. hotel room. We do a big team dinner. Um, so we have Marine Corps Marathon and then we've got Ironman Florida. And Kyle and I have been trying to get into New York Marathon for three years. They don't have a category. They don't have an assisted racing category. Um, so when they finally let us in for last year, Kyle and I had a conversation and we said, listen, you know, there has been a lot of press around our personal racing. There has been a lot of stories told. Our focus this year is on the seven families, the most we've ever had signed up for Marine Corps and on Justin Knight, J-Dude, who's our first ever athlete to do an Ironman. We do not need to promote this race. Um, so we didn't try to do a big blitz of social media of press of any of that so we literally tried to sneak into new york to do this marathon just and it was it was actually fun because as the foundation has grown there's even been races where kyle and i have sat out because it's better for us to be ambassadors for what we've built or for what we're trying to continue to build so here we are at new york this race that we've wanted to do for three years and it's the same way when kama did charles harris that first race right we're just, it's just the two of us. It's, it's brothers and That's cool. mile eight. And we really don't know. We, I, I can't say it. I can't say this enough. The equipment we have is wonderful. Um, but at mile eight, the wheel started wobbling a little bit and I didn't know what it was. We have wheel covers on and Kyle hears it and he says, are we going to be okay? And I said, I think we're fine. You know, mile nine, it gets a little worse. And in New York, there's 60,000 people mm-hmm. and Kyle and I were behind a lot of them with where our specific start wave was. We didn't get any special treatment. Um, and, you know, so we're hitting potholes. We can't avoid people. And at 13, I stopped to try and take a peek, and there was three or four broken spokes. And it's not – this thing is not built out of steel like the bike. And the next step I took, the whole wheel crumbled. Mm-hmm. And Kyle was sitting at a 45-degree angle on the side of the road. He can't – he wasn't going to stand up and get out of the chair. Right. And, you know, I looked at Kyle, and my immediate reaction was, okay, we gotta, we got to keep going there's nothing I can do about the chair. And I actually ripped him out of the chair and started walking. Um, just carrying him, just carrying him. Mm-hmm. And, um, the adrenaline quickly wore off and I realized I was already <laughs> tired from 13 miles yeah. Yeah. and Kyle's 110 pounds. And when, when you pick up Justin or when you pick up Kyle, it's not like picking up a hundred pound person. They can't wrap their arms around you mm-hmm. and make it any easier. You're picking up stiff weight. Kyle's got two titanium rods running the length of his spine. You know, so picking him up, you're just holding, you know, a 110 pound washboard. So that didn't work. Um, New York city's finest drove me to a bike shop. We tried to fix the chair. They told me they could have it in two days. Um, I told him I had to race going on. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the clock was ticking. Literally. But when you talk about, um, when you talk about Justin, you talk about Kyle. I mean, you know, this Kyle had this look on his face. I wasn't going to, I didn't want to quit. What? And nobody would have blamed me if I did. Um, I even called, I even called Matthew. I had being in New York, we had stashed the cell phones on our chair just in case. And, you know, we had a discussion that if this was the race we had to stop, then it was going to be okay. We'd figure it out another day. But Kyle's attitude, you know, my looking at him, looking at my brother, we were going to finish. So I tried to tie the chair to my shoulder. Um, and that made it almost a mile. And then this, uh, woman from Baltimore, she helped me start turning the chair. So these chairs you have to push down just like a stroller. So you push the front wheel up in the air and then you twist the chair in the direction mm-hmm. you want to go. Um, 
I couldn't do that with just two wheels. Right. Um, so she started helping just hold one side up. And then every time we needed a turn, she would walk to the front of the chair. And, and there's like a lot of turns in New York There was a lot of turns in New York City. There are a lot of turns. It's not an out and back course. No, it's very technical, especially in a chair like that. Um, and then a, another New Yorker, um, after he tried to push the woman out of the way, ended up joining us. Um, and, and for a fleeting moment, I mean, I've, I've had a couple of these moments the more we race. You know, but for a fleeting moment there, I started kind of questioning, you know, is what we're doing, is anything, what's special about seven people helping us? You know, I was just, I mean, you, you've been there in a race, you, that negative thought creeps in and you try to, you try your best to push it out. And I looked at Kyle and I said, Hey man, I, I, what do you think? And he looked at me and he said, if you want to quit, you can quit. I was like, well, that's every, I said, Kyle, that's everything I needed to hear. Let's keep going. Wait, so, so. Well, because I, I think because part of it was the death of the vision, because it was going to be something that was for you and your brother, and you were mm-hmm. kind of off the radar yeah. and, and kind of getting back to your roots, and it, it wasn't that. It yeah. Couldn't, it couldn't be that anymore. Right. So, but when he said to you, if you want to quit, you can quit, yeah. Im- implicitly in that, is he saying that he's going to finish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was going to He wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't, he was not, he would have, he would have been kicking and screaming to get him off that course. But that was it. Like that, you know, I was brought back to reality. Like I, the pity party ended. And, you know, and I quit feeling sorry for myself and our lot. And, you know, we, we went from running 750s to 1830s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we found a way. I mean, that was the phrase of the, of the day for us. Um, you know, you've seen it when you swim at Dynamo. It's the thing Matthew threw up there mm-hmm. on the cycling room. And it's a perfect passage for what happened to us that day. And, you know, we were walking 18-minute miles. And when we finished... Um, it was, it was like that first race. I, I mean, I just, I, I remember getting on the phone with my wife and I couldn't talk to her. I was crying. You know, all of that was, all I could get out was tears. Um, because you know, for me, um, you know, I remember growing up with Kyle and I remember always feeling bad about how hard it might be for him. And, I don't think Kyle ever thought like that. I don't think Kyle ever said, this is really hard. And I don't think he said in the New York Marathon, this is really hard. Let's stop. I think what he said was, we're going to get to that finish line. And you're going to take me there. And we're going to do this together. And I, I'll take that race with me farther than anything we've ever done. It, was a, it really was. It, so the death of the vision, I think you hit it. I hadn't even thought of it that way. Is that my... The negativity that was creeping into my mind was that it wasn't what I wanted the day to be. Mm-hmm. And Kyle snapped me right back to it that the day was everything it was supposed to be and that we were going to get to that finish line together. Um, you know, and Ironman is wonderful because the finish line gets crowded at midnight, but at a major road marathon, there's nobody there <laughs> after seven and a half hours of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it truly was a special moment with just the two of us. Um, and once we actually finally sat down and started looking at our phones and saw what was happening around it, um, it, you know, the, the, the weight of what had just happened really set in for us. So I hope, I mean, I hope that paints a good picture for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) So let's, I want to ask you one more question, then we'll, then we'll kind of move into, to what's next, like, like upcoming events and future and all that sort of thing. So, um, and this has to do with, with. You mentioned the Hoyts a little while ago, mm-hmm. uh, Dick and Rick Hoyt, um, who are inspiring figures uh, um, on their own. Uh, and then you also mentioned that there were five PC athletes at um, 
at Florida this year, mm-hmm. including, of course, J-Dude. Um, can you talk, both of y'all, about, um, about the growth of PC athletes in events? You mentioned that New York City doesn't even have a PC athlete push division. Assist. Right I'm now. sorry, push assist. Okay, push assist division. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I feel like part of, of y'all's mission, or at least part of your influence, is... is making formal space inside a lot of these races mm-hmm. so that more athletes can take part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember basically Dick Hoyt said that very thing. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, all of these races, there's a lot of great stories. My, one, you know, one, the Summerfest, Virginia Highland Summerfest 5K, which is another big race we do as a foundation. Um, the first year, they didn't have a wheelchair category. I called the race director. I walked them through what we were doing and how we would help with the safety measures and do whatever they told us to do. Um, so he let us in the race and then he added this button that said wheelchair category. When you go to active.com, well, the next year there was eight wheelchair athletes. Only four of them were part of the foundation, Hmm. but there was four other athletes that were just probably on an active.com search that said wheelchair races in Atlanta and up pops Summerfest. You know, so the more we can do this, the more awareness we have. And you know, the joke about, um, Paul and Justin getting called Kyle and Brent, you know, my goal for something like that is that the next race that Justin does is they, they're starting to look at him as, as an individual and they're starting to see all these different individuals, not just a, there's the Hoyt. Kyle and I got called the Hoyt at one of the first races we did. Oh, yeah. And we laughed. I'm like, man, that guy's 70. I must, <laughs> I must not look as good as must I been, thought. Been like the like race. But, <laughs> but, but that's exactly it is, is to try and create environments. I mean, Peachtree Road Race um, now has a push assist category. Uh, New York Marathon now has a push assist category. Ironman, you know, Wisconsin, Boulder, um, Florida, you know, those are three races that I'm aware of that have a push assist oh, category. Yeah, Boulder does. If you want to go do an Ironman at an altitude with another person. Um, I know somebody. Anyways, but that is, that is from us, from an athletic standpoint, is it's to continue to create environments of inclusion. And inclusion is the big word. And, you know, you think back to those stories about Kyle playing baseball Kyle wanted to play baseball with all of us. He wanted to be included in the exact same thing we were all doing. And, and you know, we, you hear it. It's the same rhetoric that we put out there over and over again is that with Ironman, there isn't, it's not a wheelchair race. It's just an Ironman. It's not a wheelchair marathon. So this, we're just trying to open up as many doors as we can. And so the more Justin's that we, Justin's an ambassador now. We told Justin um, at a dinner a couple of weeks ago, you know, hey, Justin, your job is now to get some of these other families that we work with motivated to do their first Ironman or to do whatever their Ironman is. Maybe it's a 5K, I don't know. But the more we can do this, the more awareness that's going to be built around it. And it makes it an easier discussion. You know, when you call the New York Roadrunners and they say, oh, we've talked to Marine Corps already. Mm-hmm. Marine Corps Marathon has last year had 139 wheelchairs in the race. Wow. We had seven. So you realize how big this thing is. Um, and how big it can continue to be. I mean, you know, people are, they're finding their inspiration everywhere. And we just want to be a small piece of that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that, um, if I'm not mistaken, in Publix this year, there's more assisters mm-hmm. than athletes to assist. Mm-hmm. And so, um, because it feeds on that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's growing, and now, once you do it once... You want to do it all the time as an athlete, right? You, you and you know we, we get to some of these races and you get to the point where there's 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 not enough people to help, yeah. 
that because there's so many people that really want to do it because it's so rewarding to be involved in it Absolutely. In, in any aspect and you don't have to do that to be involved in it in Cal Peace Foundation I know we've the Atlanta Tribe Club has formed a much closer bond with a lot of the different people with different roles within the club and it's just being involved in any way is pretty rewarding so. absolutely well yeah and, and Brent used the word inclusion mm-hmm. and inclusion is, is the term that's used in education as well mm-hmm. um, and, and it's always said and it's rightfully said that when you talk about inclusion you're not just talking about the benefits for the one who is being included but also for all the other folks. And I think, Paul, you know, kind of your experience has shown that, and yeah, both of y'all's experience has shown, it, it's, it's very enriching for, for you to include J-Dude and Kyle in the race. Yeah, it's funny because I, I'm one of these, I don't know if you want to call it a skeptic or a whatever, that I don't really believe in true, true altruism, mm-hmm. you know, because it's really not selfless. Mm-hmm. You get more out of it than you put into it and I personally got way more out of it. It's not a secret with some of my close friends that I was going through kind of a rough period. And I got involved in J-Dude and Kyle Peace just turned things around for me. It was just, it didn't just happen. It it just happened over time. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened over the year or so that we spent together doing these things. And it's just like, you know, a lot of things that you thought mattered don't really matter. And it's like, you know why? But it's everybody in the organization and everybody around it. I mean, from the, you know, the people, most people have spent some time assisting an athlete that are, are in it. But, you know, like uh, Curtis mm-hmm. working passionately on these bikes constantly. He's like MacGyver. Mm-hmm. These bikes are no joke. And these chairs, everybody's got a little different quirk. He's got a special one now for Jessica because she's, she's a hand cyclist, but one of her hands doesn't work as well as the other and kind of has to be kind of taped on it. And he's just coming up with these... Who is it that is that? Curtis Henry mm-hmm. out of Canyon Cyclery. Yeah. yeah, Canyon Cyclery. And he's up by Brent's, in Brent's office, I guess, or right by it. But but the, then there's the volunteers that, you know, help at the races. And then there's people that, you know, that are helping with the food and helping with the transportation. And it's just all the different roles. And everybody's just... I and mean, everybody seems to be in a good mood all the time, you know? That's, that's pretty cool. You Absolutely. Know, that's pretty cool. Very good. Very good. So, what's next? Um, so we've got 28 athletes right now competing in um, Publix in two weeks. Uh-huh. So, 28 assisted athletes. Um, we're still working on uh, Kona for Kyle um, right now to try and open that door. Um, and it's funny because as Kyle's working on it, Justin's saying, I want to do Kona too. Um, but we want to work on that. Um, we've got five um, bibs from Ironman for 70.3 races. So we've actually got to talk to Atlanta Tri Club and get Justin figured out which race he wants to do. But Jessica Minton, that we've been talking about a little bit, she wants to do. I've got. That Paul's running with. That Paul's running with uh, and the marathon. So um, the foundation this year, we've got. Publix is really our biggest local race. We've got 28 there. Uh, Marine Corps, we're hoping to have um, 10 athletes compete in that, and then five athletes doing a 70.3 race. So those are the big events um, from a foundation standpoint that those, we've got. Are those five going to all be at one? Or no, they're going to be split up after um, Florida. Yeah, they're they're, they want to be careful about how many assisted athletes. And, and that's one of the things we want to do, too, to, just a quick aside to that, is we want to create those relationships with race directors or with WTC or with the governing bodies that put this on, it's in our best interest because that's, that's going to continue to create those environments of inclusion. 
Um, so that's what we've got on the foundation side. Um, I know Kyle's looking for a, another full, um, and every like every Iron Man, there's there's at least one fleeting thought that maybe maybe there's a place for me at Digby Beach too. So right on, yeah, very good, very good. Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate it. That yeah, was, was fun, man. Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that was fun. You might have to do a little editing. <laughs> no, it was great. So there you have it. Our interview with Brent Pease and with Paul Link. I've been thinking about it a lot over the course of the last week since we actually conducted the interview prior to pushing it out here. And I think one of the things that stands out to me about Paul and about Brent is that they're regular guys. They're brilliant athletes, of course, um, and they're doing inspiring and meaningful things, but they're regular people. Um, I feel like we're awash right now in examples of regular people doing really awful things, uh, be it at political rallies or, or whatever it happens to be, particularly political rallies. Uh, and it's nice to see that two really regular guys are doing meaningful and, and inspiring things, uh, and I appreciate that. So don't forget, on Wednesday is when we're going to be hearing from Kyle Pease. Um, Kyle made an interesting compliment to this interview, uh, not only because he also is very inspiring, um, but in addition, he tells a lot of the same stories um, and talks about the same sort of things, but comes at them from a different point of view, from a different place. And so I wrote to Brent afterwards that I felt like the interview with Kyle completed painting the picture that we had started painting together with Brent and with Paul. So tune in for that on Wednesday. We'll be releasing it early uh, in order to celebrate the 28 athletes from the Kyle Pease Foundation that are going to be taking part in the Publix Marathon on March 20th. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Don't forget to follow us at Twitter, at Pleasant Podcast, on Facebook, facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, and get the show notes at mostpleasantexhaustion.blogspot.com. Don't forget that we're on iTunes. Please subscribe to us on there and write us a review. Check out ITL Coaching on Twitter, at ITL Coaching on Facebook, facebook.com slash ITL Coaching and Performance, and online at itlcoaching.com. Don't forget about our other sponsor, my wife's travel agency. You can get her at Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Travel planner mev or, or drop her line casey that's k-a-c-i-e at uga.edu just this week she helped people book travel to ironman wisconsin uh, she helped people book travel to kona um, and she's very soon going to start working on our trip to new york for the new york city marathon give her a shout thanks again for tuning in we'll talk to you on wednesday wednesday